Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. Parking at SFO is easy when you book online. You can choose dates and times in advance and secure the best rates to make your departure stress-free. Learn more at flysfo.com parking. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. California's Employment Development Department, or EDD, says it will stop accepting unemployment claims until October 5th, while it tackles a massive backlog of 600,000 cases. This comes as an investigative strike team set up by Governor Gavin Newsom released a report saying the EDD needs a massive overhaul. KQED's Joe Fitzgerald Rodriguez has more. The governor's strike team said the unemployment office's backlog is growing at a shocking 10,000 claims a day. That means 10,000 Californians every day aren't seeing their claims processed. To tackle the backlog, the team made a series of recommendations, among them an easier and faster way to upload documents, and the team suggests loosening ID verification requirements. The Employment Development Department's phone lines are also overwhelmed with a staggering 6.7 million calls a week. The call center has about 20 employees taking those calls at any one time. The strike team said they need 3,000 staffers to handle the calls they've been getting, which is expected to happen by October. For the California Report, I'm Joe Fitzgerald Rodriguez. Meanwhile, more working undocumented immigrants in California are now eligible for a tax credit from the state. KQD's Katie Orr reports on a bill just signed into law. Governor Gavin Newsom has signed a measure to expand eligibility for the state's earned income tax credit, which benefits low-income workers. The new law removes the requirement that eligible undocumented filers must have at least one child under the age of six. Newsom's office estimates 600,000 additional people will now be eligible for the credit, which can reduce tax bills and may provide recipients with tax refunds. Advocates say the money is crucial for low-income workers, especially during the pandemic. For the California Report, I'm Katie Orr in Sacramento. Millions of Americans are mourning the death of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. On Friday evening in San Francisco's Castro neighborhood, many gathered for a candlelight vigil honoring the trailblazing Supreme Court Justice. KQED's Kate Wolf reports. We are the email calling for the vigil went out at 5.42 p.m., and an hour later, hundreds of people were filling into Harvey Milk Plaza. There weren't a lot of tears, more a sense of worry. Sean Rosenmoss is an engineer and lives in the city. I think a lot of us felt like, well, as long as RBG is there, we're going to be good. We're going to be good. And now I'm a little lost, which is why I'm here. From Harvey Milk Plaza, the mourners walked to the camera shop that the late, great gay rights icon owned. There, people were invited to speak. They talked about how Justice Ginsburg was an early proponent of equal rights for women and a powerful force for the LGBTQ community. San Francisco State Senator Scott Weiner was one of those who led the march to Milk's camera shop. Ruth Bader Ginsburg helped create so much of the modern civil rights framework. Legally, uh, there will never be another like her. And the vigil reflected that. The crowd was a hodgepodge of members of the gay community and the Jewish community and feminists of all ages. Together, they vowed to honor RBG, 
by working to build a more just society. Gay and straight together. We are gay and straight together. And we're singing, singing for For the California Report, I'm Kate Wolf. Hey, I'm Brian Stelter, and I hope you'll join me on Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Every Thursday, I'm getting the inside take from the best reporters in the country on what figures like Elon Musk, Donald Trump, Kevin McCarthy, and Marjorie Taylor Greene are doing. I think she wants to make things happen. She wants to get legislation passed. She made clear to me that she wants to have a president who upholds Christian values. She embraces the term Christian nationalist. That's Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Tyler Foggett. Join me and my colleagues as we go beyond the headlines and deepen your understanding of the forces shaping our world today on The Political Scene, a newly updated podcast from The New Yorker. With episodes three times each week, The Political Scene accesses the sharpest minds in politics for insight and analysis about everything from abortion rights to the war in Ukraine. Make sure you're following The Political Scene, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Bay Area Congresswoman Jackie Speer reflected on Ginsburg's importance to KQED. Certainly the Bay Area is a bastion of liberality and support for women's rights, but she took on issues that resonated with average Americans. The New York Times reports that Ginsburg is expected to publicly lie in repose at the Supreme Court for two days. A dozen statewide propositions will appear on California's November ballot, asking voters to decide on really complex issues, from affirmative action to digital privacy. The state's initiative process was created in 1911, with support from then-Governor Hiram Johnson and other political progressives. It was pitched as a way to give voters a direct voice in governing. But has it really worked that way? Well, no, says political columnist Joe Matthews, who recently sat down with me. He says the proposition system has been oversold from the beginning. You see written all the time that there was sort of a noble notion of putting the people back in charge of government. That's nonsense. Hiram Johnson called the ballot initiative a gun in a man's hand. The the notion was that there were lots of bad people and interests, and the initiative gave them a way to shoot at those interests to at least have a sort of, in the, in the bitter, sometimes violent politics of early 20th century California, it was, it was a way to arm yourself and nothing more. Oh, see, I had always read that it was this noble ambition to turn citizens into legislators, to open up government to, you know, to, to the participation of the people. You're saying that's hokum. No, it's, it's hokum. We had paid signature gatherers from the beginning, and it was used from the beginning not just to try to make laws or constitutional amendments, but it was used for other political purposes with politicians and powerful interests used the process from the, the very beginning. But without referencing any one particular proposition, we voted on, on, on hundreds and hundreds of propositions since the initiative system was created here in California more than a century ago. And really, you, you can't underestimate when taken as a whole kind of the impact they've had on shaping California politics and really society, right? That's right. It is It is the way we uh, are educated or miseducated about issues and what's important. Um, getting things on the ballot is a way to get your issue covered, um, to get your issue talked about. And also it deeply influences um, how governors and our legislators and our local governments act, um, often out of fear. There's great fear of doing something that might 
draw a referendum, draw an initiative campaign, and it is be, and it makes calculations about legislation uh, in the state much more complicated and fraught. It also has also has empowered our rich people, because it's always been a rich person and rich interest game. It's part of the story of why because they have the money have, to get things on the ballot. The, you know, it's it's part a big part of why the California Teachers Association essentially runs the budget. You know, because they. Um, have the money to do initiatives. They've used initiatives to gain effective control of the budget. It's also why, you know, millionaires and billionaires really are such a big part of our politics. Is there nothing good that it's done? I mean, does it not, you know, at least give people the opportunity to more directly participate in shaping the the politics of California and the society of California? Um, it has that potential, but that potential is largely unrealized. And again, just to compare, California has an unusual initiative process compared to other states in the union. It's the only place on the planet where when the, once the people do something, when votes of vote has happened, you make a law, it can't be changed except for with another vote of the people, unless the original measure allows uh, for some amendment. That makes it very powerful and very inflexible. Also, the scale of the state it's so expensive to do anything politically, it makes it very hard for regular people to be involved. I mean, even in petition circulation, you know, it's been, you know, well over 30 years since a petition qualified, a measure qualified with, you know, just regular citizens volunteering their time. But despite all of those shortcomings as, as you see them, I mean, initiatives are popular with the general public, right? People like the idea. I mean, yes, they may complain about how many might be on a particular ballot, but generally they seem to like it, No. I, it, 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 the polling has shown that it's a maybe an answer to some of the populism and anger and frustration people have, but the execution in California, the way California has designed this, is in a very anti-regular person sort of way. Um, it could be fixed, but we haven't um, seen the ability to do it. So it's a great concept, poorly executed here. So what would be your advice to to voters who look at these propositions? know a lot less than you do about them, feel really intimidated, is there one or two things you can tell them about how to approach the ballot? If it sounds good, be wary. If it sounds great, even be, be warier. And, and I would remind people, you are acting as a legislator, as though you were elected to office. You're not taking a poll. You're acting as a legislature. Are you so confident in this legislation and its details that you believe that it should be in place in the law or the Constitution of California after you die. If you have that level of confidence, then vote yes, because it's so inflexible and so hard to change anything once it's voted on by initiative in California. And if it wins, there's a good chance it will be there. All right. Joe Matthews, thanks so much. Thank you. And that is the California Report for Monday, September 21st, a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from Hint. Fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors. No sweeteners, no calories. In stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. Hint. Water with a touch of true fruit flavor. Earth Justice, a national nonprofit law organization fighting for the right to a healthy environment. Earth Justice, because the earth needs a good lawyer. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, 
whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement. Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. Parking at SFO is easy when you book online. You can choose dates and times in advance and secure the best rates to make your departure stress-free. Learn more at flysfo.com parking. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions. Online or through Star One's mobile app, Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. A young correctional officer. He said it was the most dangerous prison in California. Forced to make a choice. Fulfill his oath or back his fellow officers. Recognize the badge of my office. I'm Suki Lewis. From KQED Podcasts comes On Our Watch Season 2, New Folsom. A story about who gets hurt when the system that promises to keep us safe is bent on protecting itself. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts.